Hi guys, I'm Jade and I'm a first year nursing student, if I haven't met you before, and I'm going to be reading from John chapter 3 for us. So the reading is John 3 verse 12 to 36. If I have told you these earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and the people loved the darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light, and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. After this, Jesus and his disciples went into the Judean countryside, and he remained there with them and was baptizing. John was also baptizing at Anion near Salem, because the water was plentiful there, and people were coming and being baptized, for John had not yet been put in prison. Now a discussion arose between some of John's disciples and a Jew over purification. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who is with you across the Jordan, to whom you bore witness, look, he is baptizing, and all are going to him. John answered, A person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given to him from heaven. You yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. The one who has the bride is the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom, who stands and hears him, rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is now complete. He must increase, but I must decrease. He who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth belongs to the earth and speaks in an earthly way. He who comes from heaven is above all. He bears witness to what he has seen and heard, yet no one receives his testimony. For whoever receives his testimony sets his seal to this, that God is true. For he whom God has sent utters the words of God, for he gives the Spirit without measure. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. It's good to have you with us today. Just getting the sound right so that you can hear me. I'm trying something slightly different today. You would have noticed standing way, way back here, not because I'm afraid of you, um, or sending COVID your way or anything like that, um, but maybe so you can see my face a bit better and those who are standing up front, because I think... So there you go, that's what we're trying here, see what, see how that goes. But if you've just joined us for the first time uh, today, or this week, today, a uh, big welcome to you, to, add to Josh's uh, welcome. We aim to make the Bible known, God's Word. It's what we hold uh, the Bible to be here at Uni Bible Group. And you don't have to believe that to come along. You can come along and listen in. And I'm going to add to uh, Josh's prayer uh, that and ask God to help us understand uh, his word. 
if you want to say amen to that, which means um, I agree, then please do. Lord, we thank you for your word to us now. We pray that we might be able to hear it clearly. We pray that uh, we might be able to respond rightly. And we pray that you would help me to be able to explain it uh, clearly and accurately as well. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're still fairly early on at uni, once it's this semester, hopefully you're still meeting new people. Hopefully you sat next to somebody uh, new and you've never met them before and you're just, I only know their name now. When you meet someone at uni or anywhere for the first time, what are the questions that you just naturally ask people? Now I reckon that close to the top of uh, the list is the question, where are you from? Uh, we like to know where people, most people like to know where people are from, not everybody. And sometimes we're a little bit shy about asking that because we know what we would say or what we have to say with where we're from. And we don't want to say where we're from. We don't want to say places like Dubbo um, or, uh, or places like that. I don't think there's anyone from Dubbo here anyway, so we don't have to. Oh, okay, well, there he is. Um, this is bad. Um, I've got a question here for you to ask each other. Uh, not you can do the where are you from, but jump straight to the what do you love about where you're from? There you go, you don't even have to say I'm from Dubbo. What do you love about where you're from? And that's a great way to just get to know each other a little bit better. Go for it. <laughs> that's not enough time to really find out what's so great about places like Dubbo. Because you can just go on and on about how great a place like uh, Dubbo is. I've been there, it's got lots of good stuff. Um, who found out somewhere new that they'd never heard of before? And, uh, yeah, tell us, Kate. Um, Where? Barton Ridge. Ridge. Terrific place. Comes with its own nuclear reactor. Oh, no, we're not supposed to know that. That's true. Yeah, terrific. Anywhere, anywhere else that we've never heard of? Which from Leeville? Um, is Lismore underwater at the moment, Luke? Is Lismore underwater at the moment? A lot of easy for Lismore to go under. Um, where you are from is actually very important. You might feel like it's just a bit of a fun thing, you want to deny where you're from, but in terms of what we're looking at today in John 3, it's very important to know where you are from. We're told where Jesus is from, and that's important to know too. Where is Jesus from? We see in verse uh, 12 and 13, Jesus talking about himself, uh, talking sorry to, to Nicodemus, we'll meet him in a moment. So I've told you earthly things and you do not believe. How can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. That's Jesus talking about himself. But not just himself testifying that he has come down from heaven, whatever that means and whatever that's important, but John the Baptist, and who announces Jesus, uh, that's what he testifies about Jesus too. And that's the second part of that Bible reading that's got talking about the bridegroom and the bride and the friend of the bridegroom. What's happening there? Is there a wedding? Uh, who's at the wedding? Who's... It's John the Baptist's way of speaking about his relationship with Jesus. 
Uh, he's like the friend of the bridegroom. Jesus is the bridegroom that everyone's waiting to arrive. Well, that's when the wedding starts. And John says he's done his job of announcing uh, where Je- that Jesus has arrived and where he's come from. So verse 29, you see the one who has the bride is the bridegroom, the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is now complete. He must increase and I must decrease. He who comes from above is above all. He who is from the earth belongs to the earth and speaks in an earthly way. He who comes from heaven is above all. Jesus is from above. Well, that's very interesting. What difference does that make? Well, it makes all the difference in the world. We're told about Jesus in verse 16 that for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Jesus, who has come down from heaven, has been given from God. And this verse um, creates um, the the centre of this passage and it's also one of the most famous verses in the world. In fact, probably quite a few of you have memorised this verse. Has anyone here memorised John 3.16? That's quite a lot of you. Cool. Does anyone know John 3.17? Many less. Only one or two with their hands up for that. It's one of the most famous verses in all the world because it captures so much of the Bible's message. And in fact, if you give the first time today and you don't know anything about the Bible, this is the day to come because this is the verse that tells you what basically the whole Bible story is about. And so good on you for being here today. That's the good one to be here for. And the key to understanding this verse is, first of all, to understand, point two, what the world is like. For God so loved the world. What does that mean? What's John telling us there? This word world, James pointed out a few weeks ago as we began looking at John's Gospel, this word world is important for understanding what John is saying. It occurs 80 times in John's Gospel. Such an important word to understand well. And it refers more to the character of humanity and humanity's relationship with God. The world is humanity in relation to God rather than the geography of the world as a, like a, as a big place, though that's true, or even as a beautiful place created by God, though that's true. The world in John's Gospel is humanity in relationship with God and in not good relationship with God. We see in John 1, 9, from a few weeks ago, The true light which enlightens everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. Important early information about the world then, in our own passage that we've got here, John 3.19. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. The character of the world, darkness, and doing evil works. That's the world. You see it in Nicodemus, who is in the earlier part of this chapter. And if you've been in the faculty groups, the small Bible study groups, you actually looked at the earlier part of this chapter. 
and you meet this guy called Nicodemus. We're going to find out a little bit about him here now. So you can see that um, there was this man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher come from God. Because no one can do these signs that Jesus is doing unless God is with him. Now, interestingly, you might have seen that, but Nicodemus comes to Jesus by night. And I think that's an incidental detail. But in John's Gospel, where there's so much talk about light and dark, light and dark, he comes to Jesus in the night, in the dark. That's not just a throwaway line. That's John telling us that Nicodemus is in the dark, he's in the world, he's in the dark about Jesus and who Jesus is. So he comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, we know that you're a teacher. Come from God because no one else can do these signs. And what does Jesus say back to Nicodemus? You're right. You're on the right path, good friend. No, if you've studied it, what does he say? I don't I've got it. Oh, no. Oh, actually, no, before that, that's all right. I'll tell you what that is. Uh, Jesus says in verse 10, are you, oh, sorry, see, Jesus says earlier on, I've got even in my own notes, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, you might be as puzzled, puzzled as anybody else, including Nicodemus. How is that even a response to what Jesus has, uh, what Nicodemus has come to him Jesus, we think you are a teacher. Come from God. Unless you are born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Uh, it's not really the sort of strategy that we're thinking about for doing the the, the Easter mission sort of week. You know, we can walk up to people and uh, whatever they say, we say, unless you're born again, you enter the can't enter the kingdom of God. And as Nicodemus is sort of puzzling over this over perhaps the gynecological challenge of being born again. He says, man enter into his mother's womb to be born a second time? My poor mother, are you really suggesting this? What sort of teacher of Israel are you? Um, and is Jesus thinking, perhaps he should have gone with cookie for a question instead? That would have been easier for Nicodemus to answer. Maybe I'll backtrack and start again. No, what does he say? We had a pop-up there before. Jesus answered Nicodemus, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Conversation has gone downhill very quickly. It's all a bit awkward, uh, and it goes downhill even more. Jesus is saying, You should know this, Nicodemus. You should know it. You're a teacher. You're the one who's teaching God's people. And you can't even work out the basics. Now, you might be thinking, how's this the basics? Poor Nicodemus. But what we're being shown here is that he comes in the dark and he remains in the dark because his works are evil. You might think, poor old Nicodemus? We, haven't, we don't know much about him. He's not, we don't think he's a murderer. We know he's a Pharisee, so he's probably a generous guy. He's certainly a very moral person uh, who followed rules very carefully. How is he such an evil person? Well, it depends on what you think evil is. What's the character of evil? We've seen it in the world. It's The world is doing 
uh, living in darkness and doing evil deeds? Where do you think you see evil in the world? Where do you see evil most in the world? Why don't you have a chat with your friend with me and uh, tell me where you think you see evil in the world? Okay. I don't want you to dwell on that for too long. Maybe we could just have uh, one or two, one or two responses. Maybe from down the sort of this part. Anyone said anything? Justin, what did you say? It might be found in people's hearts. Yes, that's true. Um, maybe up the back of that area. You guys are all bunched together. Beautiful. It is everywhere, and it's, someone had the great observation yesterday that it's on the news. I don't know if you actually watch the news. Uh, it's not really something that's very edifying that people do, but it's just full of acts of evil. Uh, very sadly, mass shootings that continue to happen. Uh, violence, particularly against women, is in the headlines, not because it just is a recent thing, it's a thing that is systemic uh, in our society and across many societies. There's, we, we get better as a world in so many ways and yet we don't get any better at all. Evil is everywhere. But it's not quite the way that John understands evil, or even how the Bible understands evil. Those, those things are expressions of evil, very much so. But only understanding and seeing those things means we can be blinded to what evil actually truly is. Uh, we think that the horrible things that happen are evil, and they are, but it means we don't look at the other things that are happening. Indeed, as you've already said, the things that are in us and indeed in Nicodemus. Because the world, seen in John's Gospel, is in darkness by doing evil deeds. And that, that encompasses everybody. And humanity, in John's Gospel, is arranged together against God. Not that every single person at every moment is shaking their fist at God and cursing God uh, at every moment in every way, any more than an army which is arranged against an enemy, that everybody in that army and the defence forces is dropping bombs and shooting guns at every uh, at every moment of every day. No, some are doing that at the front line. Many are actually in the background, resourcing and baking cookies uh, back at the tent or whatever it might be. But they're all arranged together against the enemy. And that's the view of humanity. Even those who are lovely people in the background that you don't see on the news doing evil things, 
they're lovely people doing very kind things for their neighbours, for their families, out of the generosity of their own hearts. They're evil. If they don't recognise the God who has made them. Remember chapter 1, verse 9. Though the world was made through him, the world did not know him. The very God who made Nicodemus is standing in front of him. And Nicodemus does not recognise who he is. The very God who has empowered people to do kind things and given us the opportunity to do kind things and lovely things does not get recognised by the people who do those things but perhaps take the credit for themselves I don't really do anything but how evil is it to take and enjoy all the good things that God has made in our world made in us and then we don't acknowledge him while all the, camp, all, the, all the time looking like the good thing. We're in darkness because we fail to recognise God and acknowledge God before others. We love the darkness. The other thing, which is the character of this world's evil, is seen in not believing in the name of the only Son of God, verse 18. Whoever believes in him... Jesus, the Son, is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is Nicodemus's problem. The one who has come from God, as God coming to his people, he doesn't recognise. He knows things about God. He knows things about Jesus, but it doesn't mean that he knows him. It doesn't mean that he knows and serves him as he should and recognises him as God. Nicodemus was Israel's teacher. He had all the information in the world. He had God himself standing before him, come down from heaven. It's not, not having enough information. It's about what you do with the information that you have. For us here, well, you've heard, and we're about to look at one of the most central verses and important verses in the Bible that explains what God is doing in the world and has done in the world. You have all the information. We have all the information that we need just from this verse. How you respond to God in the knowledge of that determines whether you're in the dark or whether you're moving into the light. What do we see? What God has done. Because we are evil, because we are in the darkness, we need God to come in and actually make a difference and make a change. And that's what we see in John 3, verse 16. God takes the initiative. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. What do we see? God loved the world. God takes the initiative with the world. And that's not a bad definition of love, or to spell it out a bit further. Love is taking the initiative to act on behalf of the other person, or for the good of the other person. Love is taking the initiative to act for the benefit 
of the other person. Of course, God is taking the initiative in all things. Uh, it becomes an interesting thing to think about theologically. Does God love everyone? Does God love everyone? Yes, God loves everyone. Uh, we don't have time to do a sweep of the Bible, but God causes the rain to fall on the just and the unjust, we're told. God provides everything that we need every single day, not because we deserve it, not just because the world keeps turning around because of physical laws. It's the God in heaven who upholds the physical laws of the universe that bring the sun and the rain and the food that we need and every breath that we have. God loves every part of the world. But that's not what this verse is talking about. We're told that God so loved the world. God loved the world in this way, a particular way that God loved the world. And that's the bit that you've got to get right. God loved the world in that he gave his only son. That's a unique way of loving the world. He gave his only son into the world. Jesus is not initially from the world. He is from above. God gave his son into the world, into a world of darkness. I mean, we love travelling the world. Only we could. Can't go anywhere at the moment. It's a good place to be stuck, though. Uh, in Wollongong, but people love to travel the world because it's so beautiful. Jesus comes into the world not as a tourist to see Niagara Falls or something like that. He comes into a world that does not know him. Though he made it. It's a world arranged against him and God gives him to the world God gives him over to the world to be put to death at the hands of the world so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life the outcome that God is looking for is that we may not perish we may not suffer the consequences of the of rejecting God Reject God, reject God, don't acknowledge God, and God rejects us. God goes away from us and sends us away from him eternally. No, God does not want us to perish, but to have eternal life. Perishing in death is what we deserve, but flourishing in life because of Jesus' death for us is what we are offered from God. Because Jesus has not come to condemn but to save. Verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. So the view that God is waiting, watching, Every one of us, everyone in hu of humanity, waiting for us to do the wrong thing and got him again. Quashes and slams us all, puts another bad mark against our name. It's not the view of the New Testament. That's a darkened view of God. That's an evil view of God because God has not sent his son into the world to condemn the world. We are condemned already. We're born into a world of darkness and evil. We think, well, I didn't choose to be born into darkness. Yeah, but you love the darkness because you choose to follow the world in darkness and not really think about God too much. And we love it. 
we've grown up in the world and we love the world. We're condemned already. But God has not sent Jesus into the world to condemn us. We're condemned already, but to save us and to bring us life. Well, how do we do that? We do it by believing. Anyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Anyone who believes, not just believes that he exists, not believes that he came into the world at some point, or even just that he died, but to believe in is to trust in, to follow, to acknowledge that you are of the world and to want to have eternal life through him. That's what it means to believe in him. Well, what's, what's the judgment from God? What's the assessment from God about this? Verse 19. This is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. This judgment that comes from God is not, a, at this point, a judgment of punishment, but it's a verdict, an assessment. The light has come into the world, and this light is sharp and penetrating, and it exposes us, it exposes our evil. Not just the evil of the things that we would be ashamed of if they were announced here, None of us would want that to be done. But it's the evil of being exposed of not knowing God and not acknowledging God, not living for him. It's that evil being exposed, being recognised for who we are, that we don't live for God's glory, but we have traded on his glory and his goodness. Have you come into the light? Have you come into the light to, to admit that you actually haven't lived God's way? You haven't acknowledged God as God and that you need the one that he has sent into the world. It's very important to understand where you are from. We are from the world. We are those in darkness. Until you can recognise that and understand that, that we are not from above, we are from the world, you cannot come into the light. Now, some of you have lived as followers of Jesus all your life, it would seem. And we need to hear this message as well, because we can easily just fall into the trap of thinking, yeah, I'm with God, I'm, I'm, I'm of heaven. Um, and I'm right with God because, well, God would always accept me anyway because I think I've always known him, so therefore I, surely I'm right with him. We need to understand that we are of the world. We are from below. The only way that we can be born again from above, as John 3 says, is to believe in Jesus. Now we need to know that because sometimes we get caught up in our thinking. We go, oh, it's because I'm from this family. That's why I'm right with God. Because I've been to this particular school, Christian school, or whatever school. 
that's why I know God. Or I've come to, from this youth group or I've been to these camps. I've even been to Onboard. Or I'm part of Uni Bible Group. Is not what John 3, 16 says. Only those who believe in Jesus and put their trust in him can be right with him. Now, if you're here today and you've never done that, you've got the opportunity to do that. I want to give you the opportunity to, uh, to actually put your trust in Jesus and talk with us more about doing that. And you can use that feedback QR code uh, on the back to do that. And we'd love to help you, to help you understand what Jesus has done for us. I'm going to lead us in prayer that we might be able to hear God's word and, and take it away uh, and respond to it rightly. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word to us today. We thank you that you have sent Jesus into this world of darkness to make us right with you for those who would believe in him. Help us to walk in the light, to understand the darkness that we have that we have grown up in, that we live in, and to come into the light and have our deeds exposed. We thank you that you've sent Jesus not to condemn, but to save. Please save us, we pray, from condemnation of this world. Help those who are learning of the Lord Jesus to be able to understand him, to put their trust in him. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to have someone continuing prayer. Hey guys, my name is Justin. We're going to continue in prayer a little bit now. So please bow your heads and pray with me. And if you agree at the end, then say Amen. Lord God, the Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you for the Lord Jesus Christ. That uh, you so loved the world that you sent him into the world that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Thank you, Lord, that you didn't send him into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Father, thank you for Rob's talk today and how he's challenged us through this passage to consider whether or not we have actually put our trust in Jesus. Father, I pray that those who have put their trust in Jesus, uh, in this group here, in all of the Bible group, that uh, we would continue to grow in knowledge of you, not just knowledge about you, but to grow to know you as our Father and King. And for those who have not put their trust in you, Lord, we ask that you would um, work by your Spirit in their hearts, that they would put their trust in you. Lord God, we thank you so much for on board after this weekend. Thank you for the great time of fellowship that it was. Thank you that we were able to be challenged about glorious judgment and how good news, uh, how it is good news. Father, we pray that uh, perhaps in our evangelism week coming up, that you would help us to think how we can effectively communicate God your judgment as good news as well. Uh, Lord God, we thank you for the focus ministry uh, on campus. Uh, we pray, Lord, that you would continue to uh, provide for that ministry and sustain uh, the leaders of it and those who attend currently. Father, we thank you that Wollongong Uni has so many international students 
um, who are connected to that ministry. And we pray, Lord, as well, that they would be able to effectively reach those who haven't heard about Focus yet. We also pray that you help us uh, as part of Uni Bible Group to think how we can be praying for Focus and also how we can support Focus, perhaps by uh, making friends with an international student and bringing them along. Uh, Lord, we also pray for particularly those international students uh, who've returned home after being with Focus. Father, we pray that you would help them to know that we, uh, we do still love them and that they are in our prayers. Lord, we pray that you would sustain their faith and help them to be lights shining in the darkness where they have returned uh, in their home countries. And Lord God, we just pray now as we go to eat lunch together, uh, we thank you for the food that you have provided. We pray that you would help us to continue to grow uh, in our knowledge of you as we share uh, thoughts from the talk and good times together. Pray these things in Jesus' name and for your glory. Amen.